I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Laura Jackson and welcome to Secrets of the Side Hustle, the podcast from the Sunday Times Star that's all about phenomenal female founders and how they turn their passions from a bit on the side to a thriving business. From beauty to manufacturing, tech to finance, and more. On this show, we get the ins and outs, ups and downs of setting up your own company. You can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do this via whatever podcast app you normally use. Michelle Kennedy is my guest today. Formerly on the board of Bumble, she used her dating app expertise to create a new online space for mums just like her. The app has gone from strength to strength since launching, and I couldn't wait to hear all about her entrepreneur journey. Here's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you, just mainly because um, I just don't know how you do everything and I just like some advice on my own childcare issues, <laughs> <laughs> mainly. Um, but no, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for people that don't know about Peanut, which is your business, can you explain a little bit about what it is and what you do? Yeah, Peanut is a social network for women who are either trying to conceive, so going through fertility or surrogacy adoption, who are pregnant or who are mothers and expanding shortly into women who are going through menopause. So a social network to connect women at life stages so that you can always find community, ask questions, no one's alone, and you can just have good women around you. So when when exactly did you set Pina up and, and how did the idea come about? So we launched in 2017 and Peanut was something that I'd probably been living with for, you know, a couple of years um, before I did anything about it. Uh, I was working in the dating industry and I'd just become a new mum, actually. And we we launched what became Bumble. So Bumble was like the kind of obsession at that point, my second, I suppose, baby at, at that point. But I was going through this complete opposite life stage. So I wasn't dating like my friends were, but my girlfriends weren't at the stage I was. I had this little person and he was amazing, but terrifying. And I was terrified and probably completely neurotic and didn't know what I was doing, really. So was reading Facebook groups, weird forums at like 3 a.m., 
And um, I just felt like there had to be a better way. So I kind of ha had this thought of like, imagine if we use like the dating algorithms that we use uh, routinely and apply it to women so that you can find friends. Um, and it was something that I was kind of living with, talking about to my girlfriends. And then eventually one of my friends was like, you know, you need to do this already because it's, I don't want to talk about it anymore because um, it was becoming a little bit of an obsession. And so that was it. That was the starting point, really. It felt like a good way to use everything I knew about tech and social and connecting people and actually just something that I needed and I didn't have. So is the idea kind of changed, like, since you had the idea in its infancy, had the idea evolved, really? Yeah, it's a great question, because when we first started Peanut, it was really about that connection. Like, can I find basically some mom friends? Like, my girlfriends were dating, they weren't at that stage of life where they were having kids. I was like, it's two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, you've got no one to hang out with, right? And no one, you don't even really think about it, right? Your friends are at work, and you're like, oh... It's me and you, small person, and what should we do? And you've got like, you. It, some of it's quite boring, I'm sorry to say it, like no one really says it, but it's quite like dull, particularly if you're like used to being around people. And um, I had my son in winter as well. So it's not like you're like going to sit outside, you're like indoors for long periods of time. You're not going to the playground, newborns don't go to the playground. Like there, there is just these long periods of isolation and so that was the starting point, which was how do I like just find some friends and how do I build this to find friends? And then the evolution of it was much more around, well, actually, the more he grows, the more questions I have, um, the more I want to know. And actually, the more I just want to talk to women, not always about him, whatever it is, I just want to find um, someone like minded and, and talk and have conversation. And now if I look forward at Peanut today, the evolution has been much more around how do we make women have conversations or how do we enable them to have conversations where they are? So whether that's like audio, so you can drop into audio rooms and just listen to women talking because sometimes you just, you don't even want to participate, but maybe you just want to be around that like conversation. Or how do I enable them to talk about things that are taboo on other platforms? You know, there is nothing to do on peanut but you might not talk about it ordinarily outside of peanut whether that is domestic violence or whether that is how you feel about your body or your work environment your financial situation all of that kind of real world stuff that we perhaps don't show on other social platforms how do we facilitate it so it's definitely evolved what's the nicest user story that you've heard from peanut Oh my God, do you know, we hear amazing stories and sometimes you take it for granted because you get a bit like, oh yeah, that's our job and that's what we do. But last night I did a, a pod on Peanut, which I, I don't usually do. I'm basically a lurker. So I go in and listen to other women chatting, but last night I did one. So they're like our audio rooms. So you can just drop in and, and women chat. And I did one with Chriselle Lim and um, she was amazing. She's just started a business and she was she was talking about it and, and the juggle... And this mom interrupted and she was like, can I just say, like, I'm feeling really emotional to listen to you guys talking. I've had a really bad day. And um, just hearing you guys, like, be honest about mistakes that you've made has just really, really made me feel better about myself. And it sounds like it's such a small thing, but she, her voice was cracking and she was really emotional. 
And at that moment, I'm like getting emotional because I was like, wow, this is a really special moment. Um, so there are amazing things that happen like that. There are, during the pandemic, women who were looking after each other's kids while they were going in to give uh, birth because they, they didn't have anyone to look after. Like there's amazing stuff that happens on Peanut and I like, I'm grateful every day for it. You can just hear how passionate Michelle is about Peanut and it's great to learn all about the women it's helped already. I asked Michelle to go into a little bit more detail on the actual mechanics of the app. So you have to set up a profile and we're really, really quite vigilant about it. Like Peanut is about feeling safe. When women are talking about their lives, their kids um, and, all, and everything that goes with it, um, it means that we take extra care. So the onboarding is longer than you'll go through on, an, on another social networking platform. And I don't apologize for it, right? We're doing it because we want to try and make sure that every woman feels safe. So you create a profile, we ask you your stage of life, and then you're into kind of peanut. And there are three key areas. The first is what we call discovery. So seeing like other women around you, you swipe up, you'll recognize this mechanic. You swipe up to say hi, you swipe down for maybe later, and if it's a match, you can start chatting. Um, that's discovery, so if you're looking for a mate. Then we have community, and community is probably the most kind of vibrant part of Peanut. There are groups. The groups are either based on location, um, or you can join groups that are special interest. We've got Stitch and Bitch on there, personal favorite. Um, we've got um, book clubs on there, whatever it is that's your thing, you can find other women who have got a group about it. Um, that's where you can post. So it's a bit more, I suppose, Reddit style, ask questions, women can share, you can vent, do whatever. Um, that's much more kind of forum conversation. And then the newest part is pods, which are these audio rooms. Um, you'll see them on there. They're amazing. Drop in. You can talk if you want. You don't have to. You can leave it running in the background. We had one pod um, last week. It went for four days. Like women genuinely had it going. They, they were asleep at one point. It was really amazing. <laughs> Just didn't want to like hang up on each other. A new era of festival is a peanut pod, basically. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I, I Honestly, it's like sometimes... It gets to a Friday night and I'm listening and I'm like, I actually need to go and put my kids to bed. But also like, just tell me then what happened. Just need to hear the next bit. So anyway, um, that's the part. So it's basically breaking down barriers to finding conversation and like-minded women. Now we can't not speak about the side hustle aspect. After all, it's what the show was named after. Michelle, like all of our guests, was at one point juggling work with building Peanut. I asked her what the juggling process was like, as well as how she managed to fund her vision. Ultimately, I started life um, at Badoo, which is or was a big European dating platform, and I was deputy CEO there. So as part of my time there, we uh, launched Bumble. Um, so I was on the board of both companies, but Badoo was my job. That was my day job running that company. Um, so when I said to you at the top that I'd kind of been living with this idea of peanut, I had been. So I left um, in the January of 2016, um, my full-time role, but stayed on the board of both companies. Obviously, I care deeply about both businesses, so it was good to stay a part of that. Secondly, I needed to, you know, keep 
keep the mortgage payments going. Um, but also, um, I needed time to go and research the market. I needed to go and work out what would this product called Peanut look like? What would it be? But there's nothing more humbling. Like we all know, when as soon as you start a business, you are every, there are no people. There's no finance team. There's no like that. That doesn't exist. There's no one like general office who will post something. I was everything. I was stuffing flyers. I was going to some random kids rave in Camden with like foam peanut fingers to like hand them out to let people know like you are everything and then you put on a suit and you go to a board meeting on the Monday because you're trying to like pay for this stuff so um it was a real balance I didn't holiday I didn't take a holiday um I didn't sleep very much and how old was your baby then Finn was two so I spent a lot of time in the US. Peanut has its biggest user base in the US. So I would go to the US a lot. He'd come, take my husband when I could. Uh, my mom looked after Finn, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, it was really hard. In terms of funding, so I had saved some money um, from bonuses um, because I knew that I wanted to kickstart this. I was very fortunate, right? And I'm just going to be completely honest because it's not the same story for everyone. And I know that. In that, because of my background, because of the industry I'd worked in, because of the businesses I'd been part of building, um, it was easier for me to raise money without a product than your average. That said, it still sucked and it was really hard still, but it was easier than many will find it who haven't done something before. And I think it's really important that women in particular are honest about that, right? Because we should be honest with one another to tell each other what this is gonna take. I still had to use savings to bootstrap, to pay my developers. There were four of us and I was paying them for, for months before we like closed our round. We had a term sheet from NEA who are a big VC um, in, San Francisco. Can I ask who we is, Michelle? Because obviously it's your business, but it's, so who who is the we in Peanut when you initially started it? I started Peanut with uh, Greg Orlowski, who was at the time or had formerly been the CTO of uh, Deliveroo. And so we built the kind of first version. It was me and Greg and um, an iOS dev and um, a designer and Hannah, who used to work with me um, at the Doom Bumble came across um and that it was a you know a tight ship and we worked hard and um that's that was peanut and that was peanut for a long time so when you first started that because I'm going through this um situation at the moment where I'm starting a business I've got other people involved things like heads of terms or something that I didn't know anything about and the shareholders agreement so before you kind of start getting really into the nitty-gritty you need to outline who owns what of the business and so how how did you do that at the beginning in terms of making it fair somebody's idea what you have to do is just be completely completely honest and talk about it with everyone at the table like there is a hundred percent of a cake and now we're going to work out who gets what portion of the cake and the principle that's always been the most important to me, and I cannot stress it enough, is two things. First thing, it is better to have 1% of a massive cake than 100% of a cake that no one wants, right? So there is no point in being really tight with co-founders and people who are with you 
at the start of the journey because you think that was that's me that's mine because an idea is an idea that's great but what it takes to build that is something so much more that's how much better that you're all in it and you're all invested and you love it and you're passionate about it and you all feel adequately compensated for that than one person holds everything right and and I really can't stress that enough that's the first point the second point is at the time that you are going to take investment, external investment from angels, from whoever it is, you can be discerning and you're allowed to be a bit arrogant. And I say this because in my first fundraising round, I really wasn't. I was ever so grateful that people were like wanting to have a conversation with me and, oh, you know, you want to write me a check? That'd be amazing. Thanks so much. Actually, no, because what you're doing is giving them some of the company that you and your co-founders or you and your team are working so hard. So it's not that they're giving you money for nothing. They're giving you money and taking some of the shares in what you're building. So be discerning about that, but don't be tight with the team who are going to help you build it. You can find all the latest news and advice for founders starting and growing their businesses at the Times Enterprise Network. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash business forward slash enterprise dash network, where you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Michelle secured funding for her business through a mix of savings and investment, but I wanted to know how Peanut made money. The answer wasn't exactly what I was expecting. So here's a, another strange thing about our business, I suppose, in particular, is that Peanut is free to use and free to join. So we don't make money. We're pre-rev. And that is particularly unusual, obviously, for a company of our age um, and that we still go out and can raise venture or, or raise investment. Um, and that is very, very specific, I would say, to what we're building, the kind of sector that we're in, um, the business plans that we present in terms of what we say we're going to build and how we deliver on it. If you think about Facebook as an example and how long it took them to become revenue generative, we're kind of following that kind of model. Hang on a minute. Peanut doesn't make any money. Correct. 
that makes no sense to me and probably a lot of people listening so how do you pay yourself pay the team keep going as a business and what does your cash flow forecast look like so we are a pre-rev company so that means that every time I go out and fundraise um and it's you know let's be let's be completely honest about what this is right I operate in a slightly different environment where the multiples and the valuations that are applied to the network that we've created and the value of the business that we've created are are different and so every penny every dollar we spend is burned that's the best way you can look at it so what we have to ensure is everything that we are spending is a value add to the metrics we're trying to get to. So our metrics are going to be different. So we're not thinking about profit or we're not thinking about break even. What are we thinking about? We're thinking about engagement. We're thinking about retention. We're thinking about growth. So it's a different kind of KPI set. And you're going to speak to investors who are on board with that, understand it, and are, and are believing in that. It's, it's a totally different type of model. Mm. That's because what we're building I don't believe is suited at this point to an ad model. I think we've seen everything that happens when you're building social in particular around ad models. And so we build something different. So we're thinking very much around how to democratize women's communities, how to enable women to um, be part of a freemium model with premium features. Um, But we have lots of things that we need to do before that. So from my perspective, all, all I want to be able to show at this stage is I can deliver time over time on engagement, retention, growth. Um, and when we hit a certain point, then we'll start turning on monetization and then we'll start that journey. But we're not there yet. And um, we're working towards it. And by the way, you know, this is how long it took Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat on a similar journey. So um, what was your biggest challenge then in setting up a social network platform? Because that's essentially what 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 Peanut is. Yeah. Building social is really hard. Everyone wants to build community. Everyone wants to have a go at at building social. And and it's really challenging. And the reason it's challenging is because um, everyone has an expectation of what social should do but think about how long it took social to get there. So for example, let's take a random example. Um, If you think about how relatively few instances your WhatsApp has of crashing, for example, right? But think about in the early days, how many times the team had to build an app which was crashing continually because of big spikes or whatever it might be. We launched Peanut Pods and Peanut blew up twice because of the volume of people coming in and using it. Great problem to have, but ultimately there are um, kind of those inflection points and it's our job to try and keep keep that smooth. So people have expectations that social will never break and that we will have all of the same facilities, for want of a better word, utilities that other social products have and, and we have a pressure to keep up with that. Um, we also have a pressure in terms of we do things differently. Safety and trust is our priority and therefore... Um, we don't do the mad growth hacking that other networks have done because it doesn't fit within what we believe is our um, unique positioning for Peanut. I would actually ask the question, but who, how many women-focused, women-led social networks are there? I don't know any, right? Because they're all built by young guys in the West Coast at a certain point in life. And therefore, the value set is different. So when we think about Peanut, we have based our value set very 
firmly around the feminine economy. So we think about the collective, we think about care, we think about collaboration. We don't care about likes, we don't care about followers. It's not the premise on which Peanut is built. And yet, when you're compared to a masculine economy, which is about kind of status and ego and stoicism, that's quite difficult to then go out and educate the investor community um, on why they're, you know, how they look so different. I mean, the, the sad reality is women raised less than 2% of all venture money last year, less than 2%, right? And you have to say it again to really understand how appalling that is. And yet when you think about some of the top performing companies um, listed last year, uh, they were led by women, right? So there is a huge disparity and the rationale can only be that the people who are writing the checks are not the people who are using the products that necessarily women are building for example so until we see more diversity around the table and not just diversity at associate level but diversity of people who can actually write the checks then we won't see diversity in the founder base having experienced firsthand the challenges facing female founders when it comes to raising cash michelle has now decided it's time to do something about it So I'm in a position where I can now be an investor. And so when I was thinking about the issues that we see in terms of lack of diversity, lack of women um, receiving funding, actually, the biggest issue is not for me when you get to VC. By the time you've met a venture capitalist, you're already so far along on the journey that you're going to figure it out, we hope. But actually... The biggest like mystery to me was this kind of elusive friends and family round. Like, who are these friends and family who casually write you 50k checks? Like, I could never understand like how you know those people. That wasn't my network. I would I would like that friends or family, please. Thank you. I, who who is that? Like I could never ever like get my head around it. Um, we decided to 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 kind of address it from a peanut perspective, which was to create Start Her. So Start Her is our own small micro fund um, where we write those initial micro checks. So think of us as your auntie who will write that 25 grand check that will get you started. So not later stage. It's probably the first money in the company. And it, most importantly, it's a network of women who are on the investment committee who make the decisions about who we invest in. And the women range from... Uh, Vanessa Kingori, who is the publisher of British Vogue, to um, Anu Dugal, who is the founder of Female Founders Fund, and some other brilliant women. And we meet twice a year and we look at businesses that we've come across that have been referred to us. And we decide, you know, is there a way that we can write a small check? But most importantly, how do we open up our networks to help these businesses? And can we help change the um, appalling, abysmal 2% um, of, of funding going to women by at least getting some more women-led businesses off the ground. And, and that's amazing that you are trying to change that landscape. If we don't make a change at the start of the process, you can never hope to see a change at the end of it. Every week, we give our guests the chance to throw forward a question for the next one. Last time, we spoke with Lima founder Lucy Gopp, who asked this question, which actually feels very fitting for a founder of a social media company. When was the last time you switched your phone off and how did that freedom from digital connectivity make you feel? 
great question. I actually turned it off this weekend because um, I was on a flight home. I went to Portugal. Michelle, you can't use turning your phone off on a plane. You can't have your phone on the plane anyway. You can now. They have Wi-Fi. I didn't do it. It's the first time I've never bought Wi-Fi. Does that not count? I thought that was quite a good one. <gasps> I didn't have it on, but I didn't have it on the whole journey home either. Okay, there you go. That counts. Mm-hmm. Right? I did put it on when I got into the house, though. I mean, that's okay. I mean, I think I think potentially without rocking the boat, you could try a longer period. Like, oh, I thought you were going to say a whole weekend without Wi-Fi. I was like, that's great. The problem is, it's not actually because I can't switch off. And I, I did have to go through a period where I couldn't sleep. I, I have weird insomnia, like really bad insomnia. And um, I had to make a pact with my other half that I would leave the phone in a different room because that was disturbing me. And I think that was having an impact. Um, but now it's just things like I can't not check into things. I have to make sure the platform's alive and we haven't had a DEF CON or whatever it is. Um, but I am much better at kind of saying, okay, like someone else is on call now, I can turn it off. And do you have a question for our next guest? I would really, really like to know what the biggest mistake they've ever made is. Okay, great. And um, in one sentence, before you go, what does the future look like for Peanut? Making the lives of women globally better. Excellent. Thank you so much. That was great. As you can tell, I absolutely loved hearing about Michelle's business journey. You can download the Peanut app from wherever you normally get your apps from, and you can follow them on Instagram by searching Peanut. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do it on whatever podcast app you normally use. That's it for now. Join me for our penultimate episode of the series with Evermore London founder, Sarah Bell. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.